My name is Marcy Nelson. I'm a certified life coach, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and a firm believer that when we know who we truly are, we are unstoppable and can change the world. My job as a coach is not to persuade you to think differently. You can believe whatever you want to believe. My goal with this podcast is to coach myself through some of my own limiting beliefs and get to the bottom of who I really am in the process. And if it helps you believe in you along the way, so be it. Thanks for listening to My True Identity. Hello, friends. Welcome to my debut episode um, of My True Identity. I am very nervous, but very, very excited to finally have a podcast. I've wanted a podcast for years. I've had this dream since college of having a podcast, but I've always just put it on the back burner because it felt um, too scary. Um, But I'm at a point in my life where I am more willing to do things that make me want to puke (laughs) because I don't want things to stay the same. And so I'm doing this even though I'm terrified and I'm afraid of what you're all going to think and I feel like you're all going to judge me and I feel like you're all going to hate it and you're going to be bored, Um, but I'm going to do it anyway, even though my brain is telling me all this junk. Um, But today's episode, I'm really, really excited. Um, I kind of have this vision of what I want this podcast to be And, and here's the thing. Yes, I am a certified life coach and yes, I have a lot of information And more information that I just continue to acquire. Um, But I am not an expert on anyone's mind. I'm an expert on my mind. Well, I'm working on becoming an expert on my mind. And I know me better than anyone else. And so this podcast is going to be a way to kind of coach myself through my own thoughts and feelings, um, but also hopefully to teach you along the way about how our minds work and how we can overcome some of our limiting beliefs that our brain likes to give us sometimes. So this, this episode's really, really cool. This has been a really exciting journey for me um, because I'm, okay, let me just, get into it. Sorry. My, I have learned recently within the last year of my life, year or two of my life, that the thing that I've been most insecure about my whole life is actually my superpower. And I want to talk some more about that today. Um, I want to get into that, delve deeper and deeper. And I really want to help you kind of find your superpower, right? Something that gets you energized and gets you motivated to create a life that you are so happy with. Um, let me kind of tell you about this insecurity. I have a very big personality. I'm loud. I love being the center of attention very dramatic, emotional. Um, I've often used 
phrases like, I'm just a lot to handle, or I'm too loud, I'm too crazy, I'm too emotional. Um, I can often be really opinionated, and it comes across as much more intense than I mean it to come across. So, like, there have been times in my life when I've, an, I've expressed an opinion, and the way that I express that opinion makes it sound like I'm offended or trying to offend when in reality I'm just very passionate and feel very like intensely about something and I express it very intensely and so there have been times in my life when my personality has created conflict um let me share another example of this um When I was little, I remember I had one sibling in particular that I, that I always fought with. And the reason that we fought was not actually because of whatever happened, whether it was, um, something somebody said, or she hit me, she scratched me. Like it wasn't ever anything like that. What actually caused the conflict was, I had an emotion that I needed to be expressed in order to like process it and feel better and to overcome that emotion. And then this sibling of mine didn't want to talk about it. She's the opposite. Um, Oh shoot. I was trying not to reveal who it was. You know, it's a sister. Anyway, um, she's very quiet and she's very introverted and very introspective. And when she processes emotion, she has to do it by herself. She has to go play the piano or do some other kind of hobby to help her overcome um, that emotion. Neither one is right or wrong. They are both just two different styles of processing emotions. But the problem, the reason why it was a conflict is because this sister of mine did not want to talk to me about, about things. And because I absolutely had to communicate in order to feel better, I was stuck not being able to get over the emotions and she had already moved on and felt better. Do you see how that can create a conflict? Two different personality styles and one was able to adapt and one was not. And I was not able to adapt to her style of communication. And I mean, there are other ways. Like I could write in my journal that was helpful. I could talk to somebody else. But when it came to actually expressing my feelings to this person, That was a very rare occurrence in my childhood. Um, I remember in junior high, well, middle school and junior high, and kind of just all throughout my childhood, I remember attending social things, going to parties, going to birthday parties, like being invited to go somewhere, and um, just being myself, having a great time. 
And then coming home and just sobbing out of embarrassment, feeling like, why did you act like that? Why did you feel the need to be the center of attention? Why did you want to be the funny one in the room? Why are you such a clown? Like, just shut up. Just be quiet. I remember having these thoughts like, why can't you just be normal? Why can't you just be calm? Why are you so loud? And I would say these things to myself all the time. Like, why can't I just be calm? Why, like, why am I so crazy all the time? Um, I... I'm very into theater and singing and dancing and performing and loud laughter. Like I'm like, I have a loud, loud laugh. In high school, I was voted most contagious laugh because I just like, I'm a loud person and I, if something's funny, I'm going to laugh. It's, I'm not somebody that's just like, <laughs> I just like am loud. And this was hard for me. And even though I was having the time of my life, whenever I was just being myself, it was so fun. And I was having the time of my life. It was after the fact that I'd be like, gosh, dang it, Marcy, you're the worst. Why can't you just be normal? Why can't you just be calm? And I just find this to be very, very fascinating, especially with the perspective that I have now, which I'll get to in a minute. But I just find it so fascinating that like, even though I could go and be myself and be confident in the moment, like I could just go to any social event and have the time of my life. Why did I feel the need to beat myself up after the fact? If I had fun and I was just being myself, why was I so hard on myself for just being me. I just, I felt like my personality was so selfish. I felt like it was very self-centered. felt like it was all about me. And I felt embarrassed about that because I was like, I just need to be more, more like my sister, who's a little bit more nurturing, who's a little bit more calm, who's a little bit more like humble as I saw it, right? I just thought, Marcy, be humble. And I thought that the being who I was was not a humble thing. Um, I actually, so I've taken these, these tests before, but just to kind of give you more insight into what my personality is like, <clears throat> um, in the Myers-Briggs um, 16 personalities test, I'm an ENFP or a campaigner. Um, so the campaigners here, let me pull it up. I thought it was a very, very fascinating description. Um, nope. Where is it? Campaigners. Um, where is it? Oh, it's right here. Um, campaigners are energized by time spent with others, focus on ideas and concepts rather than facts and details. They make decisions based on feelings and values and prefer to be spontaneous and flexible rather than planned and organized. Isn't that so exciting? I read that and I was like, holy cow, that's me. Like I am a very, I am a dreamer. I see my future plainly, like clear as day. I know exactly what I want it to look like. But when it comes to the details of how to get there, um, or the planning, I struggle knowing how to make these big dreams happen. That's a challenge. Um, but that being said, there are so many people 
successful people in who have a similar personality type to me and I find that to be very fascinating so I'm actually I'm also an Enneagram three if that gives you any insight into what my personality is like um I I need to tell you an experience that I had so oh there's there's like so much context to provide that I don't even know what to include and what to keep out So I served a mission for my church. I was a performing missionary. So I was singing and dancing and acting all day, every day for three and a half months in the heat. And it was awesome. It was the best thing I've ever done. Um, And I came home. I had many experiences as a missionary that taught me who I am and that I can be proud to be who I am. And it makes me emotional thinking about it because... There were just days when I would compare myself and think I'm not a very good missionary. And I was taught through the spirit that that my personality is is my superpower. And I have nothing to be ashamed of in regards to my superpower. Does that mean there's not room to improve? No. Does that mean I don't need to like refine um, my personality? No. But being who I am is not sinful. It's not prideful it's not arrogant it's not self-centered I'm just being me and I'll give you lots of examples of this but after my mission I um, worked as an intern on Capitol Hill um and so I was in DC living this like dream life that I was like they could make a movie about me like I was like this would be the perfect opportunity to meet somebody and fall in love (laughs) I was like I'm living a Hallmark movie (laughs) no that's not true at all I did not fall in love in DC Um, I fell in love with DC, but not with any particular human being. But um, I remember I went to the African American Museum, one of my favorites. You have to go if you ever get the chance to go to DC. It's one of the best ones. At the time, they had an exhibit um, about Oprah Winfrey, who, by the way, just happens to be an Enneagram 3. So we have a lot in common, obviously. just kidding but um I was reading about her life and how she um I don't know she just is so astonishing to me because she 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 came from nothing I don't know I don't know the all the details of her story so I don't want to just make stuff up and look like an idiot but basically she started off as a broadcast journalist she got fired from her first job and then over time she just like got this experience and then all of a sudden was like this the the first african-american woman to have her own talk show and and the like the milestones that she was able to achieve the things she was able to accomplish because of her influence and because of her personality is so amazing to me i remember sitting in this exhibit and just sobbing thinking like i want that I want a life like Oprah's. Not, I'm not talking about fame and fortune. Although I wouldn't complain. <laughs> but I, what I am talking about is her ability to influence mass, mass amounts of people. I don't know why I'm crying. I, this is, I mean, I'm reliving 
how I felt in DC. I was sitting in this exhibit, reading about Oprah and her life and seeing all these accomplishments that she'd had and the people she was able to help and the people she was able to meet and talk to and influence just because she was who she was. She was just being herself and she was good at that. And um, I just remember thinking like, I want to influence people like Oprah. And for the first time in my life, it felt possible. Which is, which is awesome. It was such a beautiful feeling to be like, Marcy, you can dream big. And it's not an impossible goal. It's been done before. People do it all the time. And you can do it too. So that was like a major, once I could see what was possible for me, that changed everything. Then I came home from D.C. I was unemployed for a month and a half. I didn't know where I was going to be working, what I was going to be doing. I was done with college. I was single. I was living with my parents. And I didn't know what to do. I finally got a job. It's the only job offer I got. And it was, in terms of, like, what I needed at the time, it was everything I asked for. It was a steady job. It had benefits. It allowed me to work somewhat in my field. Um, And it it exposed me to a new culture, a new way of living that I had never experienced before. And so in that way, it was very enlightening, and it was a great opportunity About a year into that job, though, I was getting some growing pains. I was, I was feeling very, very discontent and feeling like this job is not for me and I'm not really helping people and I'm not really influencing people or doing any, like, I was able to work with some children that I grew to love and I was able to influence those children but it was not, it just, I was just feeling really discontent. I don't know how else to say it. And I just remember praying and being like, Heavenly Father, I know that there's something different for me, right? Because I'd had this experience in DC where I saw this vision of who I could be and how I could influence and, and, uh, but I just felt trapped. I just felt like I'm here, I'm stuck in Idaho And I'm a victim of my circumstances. That's how I felt. Like, I have nothing. I have nothing to show for my life. I have nothing nothing great. I have no great accomplishment. And I was just feeling really trapped and like, Heavenly Father, I know there's something else. And I know that I can be something, but I just don't know what that is. And I was still kind of caught in this, like, self loathing, wishing I could be better, wishing I could be different, wishing I could be less, just wishing I could be grateful for my life instead of wanting something bigger, right? Because I was feeling like, well, why do I feel the need to be something, something great? Why do I feel the need to be wildly successful? Why do I feel the need to be um, an Oprah Winfrey? Can't I just be content being an administrative assistant in Idaho. Why can't I just be grateful? Like, why do I, why do I need something different? And I don't know. I just, 
I, I was praying my guts out and just like, Heavenly Father, please give me something. Help me discover something that I don't know about. I know that you don't care what I do for a living and it's my choice and I can do whatever, but can you just provide some kind of insight into what I'd be good at, what, what I would love, what would bring me joy? And I just had this teeny, teeny, tiny thought, like it was very, like I would have missed it if I wasn't so hyper-focused on it. But the thought was, look into becoming a life coach. I had heard of life coaching, but I could not tell you what a life coach was. In fact, I kind of thought life coaching was like, you work with somebody and teach them life skills. That's kind of what I thought a life coach was. And I was like, I I don't know if that's really what I want. But I decided to look into it. I, anyway, long story short, I discovered life coaching. I ended up hiring a life coach um, who just absolutely changed my life. And in her program, her program was specifically um, to help young adults figure out what their purpose is. And so I paid for her six-week program, and I received weekly coaching, and I was able to articulate in one sentence who I am and what my purpose is. And I have to tell you, I'm not going to tell you what my purpose is because I don't think you need to know. But I will tell you That it has absolutely everything to do with my personality. And I just found this to be so incredible. Because here I was my whole life thinking that my personality was too much. That it was too big. It was too loud. And I just needed to be more humble. I just needed to be different. But through the help of this life coach, I was able to like really understand that my personality has absolutely everything to do with who I am and what I can accomplish. And let me tell you, that was big. That was really, really big. And then I started thinking about how Each of the 12 apostles in our church have very, like, vastly different personalities. I mean, we have, like, an M. Russell Ballard who can be very firm, but he's very calm, I would say, for the most part. Then there's Russell M. Nelson, who is, like, a nurturing, gentle soul. He would not hurt a flea. He's vegetarian. He's very healthy. He's very much a healer and a it just is it comes very naturally for him to uplift and to buoy people up um and then I think of David A. Bednar who is very logical but he's also an excellent teacher and he's able to find lessons in everyday examples and then I thought about Jeffrey R. Holland who is very intense and he's very emotional and he's um, 
opinionated and passionate and fiery and his talks are always everybody's favorites because he articulates people's feelings and emotions so well and in a way that feels so real and relatable and I've had experiences in my life where Heavenly Father has has told me, think of Jeffrey R. Holland. Remember his personality. On days when I'm feeling insecure and feeling like, why can't you just chill out? Why can't you just be less intense? I, I think of Jeffrey R. Holland and I think he's such a powerhouse. He's highly influential because of his emotions and his ability to articulate them. And I'm not saying he's better. I'm not saying he's a favorite. I'm not saying he's the best. I'm saying his personality is Christ-like. He didn't need to change his personality in order to qualify to be a representative of Jesus Christ. Who he, who he is is being a representative of Jesus Christ. Does that mean he's perfect? No. Are the other apostles perfect? No. And But who he is is awesome. And who he is is enough, right? And that was really motivating to me. And I was thinking about Nephi. Nephi is a very famous prophet from the Book of Mormon. For those of you who don't know what the Book of Mormon is, it's another testament of Jesus Christ. It is, it is our record of Jesus Christ when he came to the Americas. It's our record of God's people on the American continent. The Bible represents God's people in the old world. And the Book of Mormon represents people in the new world, right? Same Savior, just another testament, another another example right so Nephi is really famous because he has I mean he's the he's the he's the author right of the stories and so he you know we, we learn things from his perspective and he often gets praised for being large in stature and for being obedient and for being very righteous but then sometimes we forget that Sam his brother is equally as obedient and equally as righteous. He just doesn't get as much credit. He just doesn't get as much. Um, we don't talk about him as much, right? He kind of gets forgotten sometimes because he's not the author or the protagonist of the story. We, I think about Joseph Smith, right? Who was the, who initiated the restoration of the gospel in the latter days. He's wildly famous right? For good and evil. <laughs> um, some people like him, some people don't. Um, and he gets a lot of credit for receiving a lot of information, for having visions, for seeing God the Father and Jesus Christ. Yet we sometimes forget about his siblings, especially his brother Hiram, who was equally as faithful and equally as revolutionary and who also was martyred 
in Carthage jail. Yet Joseph's name is more highly acclaimed than I was. And growing up, I always, like, my goal in life was to learn to be content, to be a Sam, or to be a Hiram. That's what I thought righteous people were. Righteous people are ordinary people that are content being quiet followers of Jesus Christ. And I learned through this whole process, through learning about my personality and learning how my personality is highly influential, and learning that it's okay to be a Nephi and a, and a Joseph. Somebody's got to be a Nephi and Joseph. And for the Sams and the Hirams, they're probably not comfortable being the Nephis and the Josephs. They're more comfortable in the background. But for people like me, right, these Enneagram type threes, these Oprah Winfrey's, we're not comfortable in the background. We like being in the spotlight. We like having a platform to influence people. And that is my superpower. When I envision my career as a life coach, I envision myself speaking to thousands of people. I envision what I saw in that museum in Washington, D.C., in that exhibit of Oprah, Win- in Oprah Winfrey. I, env- I envision myself influencing mass amounts of people. And that is not prideful. I do not lack humility when I say that. That is my personality. That's what I was born to do. That's who I am naturally, right? When I would go to these social gatherings, I did that naturally. I influenced people naturally just by being myself because I was fun and spontaneous and I have a good sense of humor and... I'm easy to talk to. I do that just by being myself. I'm not trying. I'm not seeking the limelight. It just happens. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I hope that you receive that how, it, how I intend it to be received, which is I'm being me. And so while sometimes I might get more attention than somebody else, it's not because I'm wanting to be a show-off. It's not because I'm wanting or trying or pushing other people out of the limelight to do that. It's just happening. I'm, <laughs> it's just, that's my personality. And there's nothing wrong with my personality. It's my superpower. And I am proud of myself for being able to say that and to acknowledge that. Um, just really quickly, just to kind of drive this point home even further, in um, the life coaching training that I've received, we have a model that we talk about a lot, and it's kind of the framework for everything that we do, 
And just to kind of go over it very quickly, everything in life can be broken up in, into one of five categories. Circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. Right? And basically the premise of the model to oversimplify it is that your thoughts create your results. It's not your circumstances, but it's your beliefs, right? It's everything on the belief line. And everything begins with belief. And so I just want to kind of demonstrate what results I was creating with these two different beliefs, right? So my first belief was my personality is a lot. My personality is too much. And this, this belief that I haven't had made me feel insecure. And when I felt insecure, I withdrew. I didn't reach out to people. I didn't make friends with people. I thought way too much about what other people thought about me. I compared myself to others. I judged myself. I just kind of nitpicked at every little thing I would do. And as a result... I was not being myself and I was not having any fun because I was feeling insecure. I have a number of examples from my life of when I, because I was judging myself, because I believed that my personality was too much, I ended up not even showing people my personality and not having any fun at all and not being myself. But when I believe that my personality is my superpower, That makes me feel empowered. That makes me feel confident. And when I'm confident, I'm better able to reach out to other people. I'm better able to make friends. I'm better able to influence. I'm better able to uplift and buoy people up. And when I do that, the result that I'm creating is I'm being myself. And I'm influencing people. And it's not, and it's not, it doesn't require any extra effort. Because I'm just being me right? The only effort that is required is for me to overcome those limiting beliefs, which is what this podcast is all about. So thanks for listening this week. I will see you guys next week. And I hope that throughout, throughout this podcast, I hope you come to learn what your superpower is. Because just as much as we need the Nephi's and the Joseph's, we also need the Sam's and the Hiram's. And neither one is better. They're just different. And everyone, this is, to me, we talk about Zion a lot in our faith, right? How we need to be, create a Zion-like people. We need to be of one heart and one mind. This does not mean we need to be homogenous. This does not mean that we need to all be the same. What this means is I offer what I have to offer. And you offer what you have to offer. And together we create something so joyful and so beautiful because I can't give what you can. And you can't give what I can. And so as we all learn to embrace who we truly are and learn to love who we truly are, we are wildly influential. And the world is a beautiful place because we're all contributing in ways that feel natural to us. (sighs) So exciting. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. I hope you heard something that resonates with you. 
If you did, share it with a friend, leave a rating and review, and leave a comment on my Instagram page at Party with Marcy. If you want your feedback to be featured on next week's podcast, download the Anchor app and leave me a voice message. I'd love to hear from you. See you next week.